Thank you, Colin, for that reading. Lovely passage of scripture. Uh, So before we get down to the substance of what I want us to think and pray about tonight collectively, um, I want to just use that analogy of being a letter. And I want to give you three pictures. The first one is that you are all the letters of the alphabet. And the thing I want you to take to heart and to mind is that we need all the letters of the alphabet to be God's family together. If there are vowels or even consonants missing, there are things we cannot do or say. We cannot be that letter of Christ that we imagine and that God wants us to be from that passage of Scripture. The second one, I need to ask a question. How many people here have ever had to learn to march? Yeah, more than you think. Okay. So let me tell you my story of learning to march. It didn't go well. On day three in the Royal Air Force, we had to get into our gear and arrive on the parade square. And we shambled on. And people like clergy are on what's known affectionately as the Vickers and Tarts course. So if you're a vicar or a legal officer or a nurse or a doctor, you go on a specialist course. We arrived on there. We got no military background whatsoever. And the station warrant officer came on proudly and he said, first things out of his mouth, have we got any vicars here? Two of us put our hands up. He said, I hate you lot. You can't march. It's them frocks you wear. And he watched me learning to march, and it was not a pretty sight. And he'd walk up to me every day and he says, How's my favourite vicar then? We're not doing very well yet, Padre, are we? And I struggled to get into sync. And I share that illustration with you for one reason. I got there at the end and I graduated. I just couldn't get into sync. And I think tonight is about us trying to get into sync with God. And that won't be enough. We have to get into sync with one another. We're talking about a future that isn't about my future. Or you as an individual. It's together. So there is the letters of the alphabet. There is the idea of walking in sync and marching. And lastly, if none of those work for you, the idea of a picture puzzle. A thousand piece puzzle. And all of a sudden you get to the 975th piece, and you realize you ain't got 24 pieces left. There's something missing. And I want you to hear tonight what's happened if you're missing from the picture. So what we're going to do is I'm going to pray in a minute. Three of our young people are going to start off, and I'll explain what they're going to do, reading letters that were written during our prayer day. And what happened in the prayer day, they they didn't write these. Nobody wrote the ones that they're reading. This was the exercise, or one of them, that we set. The year is 2022, and you're writing a letter to a friend who moved away from the area in 2017. They had been a committed member of our congregation and now worship elsewhere near to their new home. In the years in between, God has done something beautiful in the lives of our members. Our church life is transformed. We all have a new sense of purpose and a deeper relationship with God. Ask the Lord to help you listen to him. 
Then ask him to speak through your imagination as you write a letter to your friend dated 2022 and report to them what the Lord has done among us and in your life over these past five years. However long or short, please write the letter. So that's one of the things that we did. I've got hordes more of this stuff, but this seemed to be one that captured people's imaginations. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to listen to some of the letters and pause, and you'll see there's three tables around. And in that pause, you can just sit and pray silently. Or if you feel God has almost put something that is really important, just go and write it down on the sheet. I'll then get you to do something together, and then we listen to the last ones, and then we'll do something at the end. Let me pray. Lord, your word tells us that we're a letter, a letter of commendation for the Lord Jesus. Help us at APC to be a full alphabet. Help us to be not a bunch of individuals or even different generations. Help us to be a team, a squadron, whatever it needs to be, that we're together and walking in step with your spirit. So give us now, above all else, discernment, a listening heart, and revelation, so that in these letters we may collectively hear your voice speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. And there are members of YF who are going to read the first three, and I just need to say to them and their friends tonight that... <clears throat> The church, the elders in the church really have a longing for you lot to play a, a more full part in who we are. Not to be tomorrow's people, but today's people walking with us. And so, listen to this carefully for yourselves and for us as well. First three. Dear Judy, I cannot believe that it is five years ago that you left Aldridge, but I'm so glad that you have found somewhere to worship and learn what God wants for you. You know, I still miss seeing you and chatting, and I do wish that you had shared what has happened here at the parish. When you wake up on a Sunday morning, there is a sense of anticipation and excitement about how you might meet God again, afresh, and what you might learn even in the really difficult times, and you know about those, you still want to be there. Now, when you walk into the church building, there is such a sense of worship and knowledge of God's presence on a Sunday morning and evening. I sometimes come to the earlier service, as it's always quieter and more meditative, but you still get to see other folk when they come early to share coffee. I have learned such a lot from the sermons I know it was hard for those in authority to sit before God and reassess who should be leading and preaching and who should not. It's lovely to see some of the old bits of the Anglican Church, like the Creed and the Confession, 
and I think it has really helped new members to understand and remember the basic Christian teaching. There have been loads of new members, and some of them have already moved on to support other churches and share the experiences they've had there. You must come and stay soon and see how the church looks now. The display boards are regularly updated, and there are always things on display inside too, with verses of scripture to bring the focus back to, back to biblical teaching and faith. You might be surprised to hear too, that there are always church members or Christians from other local churches at all the events in the church centre, even if it is Slimming World. They are asked to carry information about the church and to be friendly so that they can develop a relationship with God and they can talk to him. When you come to stay, I will share some amazing stories with you. And I sometimes stay for baptisms, which is so lovely. Christian youngsters in YF are now automatically linked to an older member of the church who can pray for them, feed them, and especially share teaching and pray for them. It is lovely to see that special relationships between the old and the young. So much to tell you, but my hand is aching and not keeping up with my brain. You will be impressed to hear that I now do read the Bible every day. How much have I missed in times past? Prayer is real and special, and I know the presence of the Holy Spirit and his touch on my life. So, I look forward to chatting with you. My love and prayers are with you. God bless. Dear APC, we started to get young people, young adults, teenagers, and even children involved in doing things in our services. It just developed over time. We taught our children and teenagers how to pray for each other, and we taught our young adults about how to get involved in prayer ministry. We decided to make our young people disciples in training and not disciples in waiting. Dear OPC, thank you for letting me know what's going on, happening in your life and your church family. I am well, apart from a few aches and pains. Here at APC, so much has happened to us. Some dear friends have gone to be with Christ, many new folk have found us. There came a time when we stopped, literally stopped and learned to listen to God. It was hard at first, as we had grown accustomed to keep everything going. Instead, we asked the Lord to show us what was essential. Worship came top of the list. We stopped focusing on the style and preference and came to honour God. There was stillness, prayer, lots of prayer, together and apart. God's presence became touchable. Worship became an outpouring of love and adoration from God. Without looking typically charismatic, people started to hear from God. There were words of knowledge and wisdom so specific we were in awe and silent. This has become a hallmark at APC. The business of the church and the business of our lives came under the spotlight. Some key families recognised that their lifestyles were damaging and started to change priorities. Sunday worship was more important. Children's groups were fully staffed, supported and prayed for. All the talk about whole life discipleship when you were here has translated into a new scene of what God wants to do in our daily life. A few workers have gone to four day working weeks and now serve key roles in the church and in a new community ministry here in Aldridge. We took on a shop in the community and made it a hub for serving local people. Lives are being changed as some are becoming Christians regularly. After some resistance going back years, our, gift, our giving started to take off. We now fund our ministry at APC without difficulty and give away 15% a year. 
the message has spread throughout the congregation. Giving, generous, giving generously is a new norm. A key movement of God came out of the main service. John Coyne called us to repent before the Lord and one another. A few shed tears, but the impact when we gave APC back but the impact was we gave APC back to the Lord. New leaders were released. The existing leaders helped to train up the next generation. You would not recognise many new leaders today. We're more at ease with one another with one another. Next year we're planting a church in Litchfield. It'll be lay led but under the oversight of two of our clergy. They came since you left. I think a few will move house this time. I'm praying about going with them as I've grown here in ways I would not imagine. God seems to have gifted me in sharing my faith and it seems that they'll be needed in the new place. All of this came out of three prayer days. It's as if God works more freely when we gave him time and space. We're clapping because we know he can read. Great, thank you. <clears throat> I'm going to read one more, and then we're going to just be quiet. And that's the point at which I want to invite you, if you wish, to just go and write on the sheets at the back and at the sides something that struck you. But we're going to just give plenty of time to listen and try and reflect what we heard. We took time out to rediscover something we didn't know we had lost. A treasure we had buried underneath layers of well-intentioned well doing. We had lost sight. No focus on the one thing that mattered. So we stopped just doing and started waiting, listening to God's direction as he drew us a map to follow. Like going on a treasure hunt, we all sought out God together with one goal. And in doing so, we found a whole new level of community, family. And that in itself became contagious. People no longer sought us out for the things we did well. People came because they heard that God was moving. And that there was this God who loves unconditionally. And they wanted to be part of it. It was as if love bursts out from the church in pulses of light, shattering social boundaries and touching hearts. God's presence can be felt moving in Aldridge, not just the church. But as you walk around the centre and the residential streets, we have somehow discovered God's love transforming lives. We only kept doing what we felt God was already doing and moving in. It was tough to start with, lots of changes, but as a church we rediscovered the power of God's love and presence. We let him take the lead, guide our path and give us wisdom. And we're never going back. So let's listen. I'm going to read one, and then when Sue's written up what she's doing, she can come and read two more. And then I'm going to get you to do something which could be a bit noisy. <clears throat> Do you 
Dear friend, you'll remember that everyone always used to be super busy. Well, after 24-7 prayer in 2017, things began to change. Some, felt, some folk left, but many stayed who were committed to church here in this place, like there was a real sense of calling to be here. To be contemporary has to mean engaging with current issues and local concerns, both our church, but our church used to be too busy for that, really. Remember when it had to be us or was leading? Well, there's been a move closer to working with others and valuing their contribution. We even work closely with other churches in the deanery of completely different traditions. APC seems to feel less like a filling station for busy people to drive through and more like a community to spend time with. Somehow it's less of an exclusive club and spends its energy on engaging the unchurched rather than desperately trying to keep a huge machine going. There's more time somehow for sitting around sharing food and stories of what God is doing here and now, and this has drawn new folk in. A sense of real calling to be here seems to have reinvigorated people and energized their everyday faith and witness. I can't wait to see where he's going to send all the growing Christians out to. Watch this space. I can't begin to tell you what an exciting few years it's been. We're so grateful to God for the history of this place, a centre of worship for many centuries, but somehow we'd begun to see ourselves in terms of our history, our busyness, our activities, rather than really understanding what God wanted for us in the here and now. However, we were able to let go of this, to let God's spirit dwell richly within us, to find a new confidence, confidence to seek God's will and to follow his leading, even though it would take us to places that perhaps had not been on our limited agendas. And as we moved in this new direction, we became more outward-looking, less insular people. We learned how to really engage with our local community, how to reach out to them in ways that had previously seemed impossible. At first, it was just a few people, but in time, more and more of our congregation were swept up in the vision of the church, a practical vision to reach out powerfully. For so long, we'd wondered what it meant to grow together as disciples of Christ. And when we finally were bold enough to actually start to reach out, it became obvious. And it's wonderful to see how we have grown together, how others have been encouraged to participate in the life of APC, and how, despite having taken on important new work, we somehow seem less tired, less jaded than we used to be. Dear friend... It doesn't seem five minutes since you moved away, yet in the life of APC it's light years as I look at all that's happened in the life of our church here in Aldridge. Began slowly at first with a growing feeling at a prayer event that gathered momentum. 
a sense of the urgent need to pray, to repent, and to listen to God. From being monthly, the prayer event moved to weekly. From a gathering of 50 or so, it's now several hundred. And one by one, people were convicted of their sins, wept in repentance, and were filled with the overflowing joy of, as we realize the wonder of God's forgiveness. The ongoing result of that has been to see lived out by this love you have for one another, everyone you will know that you're my disciples. Firstly, we could see that because of the way that gossip seemed to disappear. A real agape love was revealed and the old grudges were swept away in the power of it. On a practical front, volunteers to help with all areas of church life, from cleaning to preaching, were no longer hard to come by. It felt like we were all growing in our knowledge and understanding of God, even, or perhaps especially, those of us who had already been Christians for some years. There's now greater connection with the local community, shown in how many folk in the town are bringing their concerns to APC, and are met with love shown in practical and spiritual ways. Do you remember the big issue seller who stood outside Croft News and was largely ignored? He's now a member here and has helped us to find ways to respond to the homeless. Another huge change is the way that the various activities of church are different. They're now owned by the whole church not just various individuals, and not held on to, but released to God to do as with as he wills. Some things have gone. Others have taken their place. Small groups have grown in number, and most of the pastoral work of the church is done through them. Each year has seen new people responding to God's call and changing careers to go into various full-time ministries here and overseas. Obviously, there have been times when some things haven't worked. But instead of being discouraged, we have asked God to help us learn from our mistakes. And he's shown his grace again and again through this. And the worship life of the church also seems to have taken off, not just in packed services, but in open, spontaneous times of praise and thanksgiving and giving it's been an overwhelming response in the call to tithe. All in all, APC is a transformed church, really seeking God's way before our own and responding to his prompting by getting out of our little boats and beginning to walk on water. To him be the glory. few more moments in quiet, capturing in our hearts and minds what has struck us most. To do this next bit, I'm afraid I need you to get out of your seats. If you are, if you are aged 30 or below, would you come to the front? Wait for it. 30 or below. If you are age 30 
to 50, or 51, go over there. You're all going to be moving around in a minute, so don't worry about this. If you are 30 to 50, I said, didn't I? If you are 30 to 55, go over there. If you are 55 to 80 or above, stumble to the back and go over there. But would you do that as soon as possible? Quick as you can. Young here, middle there. Listen in, because I'm afraid some of you are going to have to move again. Look at those in the mid-years sat down, chilling out. <laughs> right, okay. So what's going to happen now is this group are going to come to this group and take one person to link in with that group. So we're going to end up, let me explain, we'll end up with an under 30, an over 30 to 55, and a 55 plus finding a spot to, change na to exchange names and then in a moment to pray for one another. Pray for, no, not pray for one another, pray for the church. Now to do this, I want to tell you a story. And I tell this story, and the person I'm going to mention, not by name, is here. And I love them. I love this person I'm going to tell this story about. Before Christmas... I preached a really important sermon. It might not have been my best, but the content of it, which was well scripted and recorded, was, I think, dare I say it, prophetic. And it basically said, anybody in my age group, 60 and above, should be spending the next season of ministry giving themselves and their ministries away to at least the next generation down and they beyond. Apparently, though only one person spoke to me, it didn't go down well. Do I want to get rid of that age group? No. Do I want to sign my own death warrant? No. Do I think the people at the back have got an experience to share and an experience to glean from this lot? Yes. And so I really want to say that I want us to be a church that is relational across the generations. Not organized. That's why it's going to be a shambles in a minute. Not organized, just relational. And those of us in that age group we're going to let go of what God has asked us to do. And we ain't going to be redundant. Because we've got a new way of living out our calling. And that will be true for that age group and this age group here. Because this bunch have got a bunch of kids coming up year on year. And you're going to have to learn to mentor the littlies so they follow Jesus. End of the sermon. Go and pick a couple of grey and greying over there <laughs> take them round the back and then mix and then let's get on with it because we're just going to pray for one another swap names and then pray for one another right go um, I just want to take you all back some were involved some weren't in this 24-7 of prayer 
I felt and said some months ago that uh, we needed to have a prayer day set aside, as we had done when the church centre was uh, coming close to being realised, but we needed it to be about the life of our church. And I said it was to be a listening day. And the thing that made me feel very comfortable about doing that is it meant I wasn't in charge. It meant that God's church had to turn up and pray. I had no control of what happened. You could say cynically that, you know, we put stuff out and did we steer it? Did we guide it? Did we tell people what to think? Not if you saw the different exercises. It was a very open thing where I honestly think that we tried to listen to God. And when we tried to listen to God, something happened in our worship the Sunday following. There was a listening to God before the start and the Sunday after that as we prepared to worship. And it kind of lifted our faith. Now, I'm going to hand back to Maxine in a minute because we're going to do something quite unrelated to this. Not quite, in a minute. But I'm just going to read you one of the pictures. There was a picture and a word shared with us. All, all this will come out in due course. But this was a guy sat over there who visited us one day from Australia. He was a visitor. He knew nothing about APC. During the service, I had a picture, which I believe is for the church as you consider and step into its future direction. The picture I saw was of you standing at a well, and scattered around the well were lots of individual gold coins. I actually felt that the gold coins were good, good things. However, things that were not in line with what God was calling the church into. I felt that in the next season, there will be many good things that will come up. Out of stuff you've written, there are thousands of good things to do. Not the point. But all, that these good things could be distractions to what Jesus was calling the church into. So we have to listen. In the picture, the well behind you, I believe, was like the well that Jesus met the woman at, John 4. And I believe this is used, that this is used for your heart and the church's heart to share the gospel with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that came out, didn't it, in the stuff? That we reach out, that we adjust our church life for the sake of the unsaved. I believe that God is wanting the church to have guarded hearts and discernment as the church looks to take steps forward in this next season. And so as we draw this to a close, do feel free at any time to write something if you feel God's laid it on your heart. And please, church, take responsibility. This is not my business. I'm not going to lead you in some course here. This is something where every one of us has a part to being that future dreamt of in those letters. Bring it on, God. Amen. Last weekend, uh, 86 of us went away to Cloverley, and you all so kindly prayed for us whilst we were there, before we were there, and whilst we were there. And we had a really um, tremendous time. And we just wanted to thank you very much for your prayers and just um, share with you a little bit of how those prayers were answered. Um, I was thinking about, I was just reflecting on this this afternoon and thinking, ah, oh, I wish I was back there again. It was, it was lovely. It was a really great weekend. And um, if uh, Sam and uh, Tim and Amy would like to come up to the front, um, we 
can have a little bit of feedback. Uh, we had a gentleman called, this gentleman, in fact, called Mike Pilavachi, who heads up um, Soul Survivor, which many of you may have heard of. He came to speak to us, and he brought with him his worship pastor, um, Tom, and um, yes, so, it, yeah, so much happened, didn't it? I mean, obviously, we had people awake at 2 a.m. trying to prank other people, and we had um, lots of fun outside and all the rest of it, but we also um, had some really deeply spiritual times. And uh, I think, for me, one of the things that really encouraged me was seeing the young people praying for each other, supporting each other, and just um, coming all together. And it, it was a really lovely thing that Saturday night in particular when we had um, worship and ministry. It was really just one of those beautiful times where you look out. And yes, there were people upset about things and all the rest of it. But just the kindness and the gentleness and the care of each other and the blessing of God's Spirit that night was really special. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you ever so much for coming up. And I just wondered if you would share with these equally lovely people um, just one thing that was particularly significant for you about last weekend. Samuel? Um, well, Mike made it very clear that he liked his food. And he gave us an analogy. Um, about not being a Big Mac Christian. Um, and what this entailed was, he, well, what he said that was, we should be Sahara Lounge Christians. And this Sahara Lounge involved chicken that had been spent ages and ages, like being marinated and all sorts of stuff. Um, and basically, that just, that simple analogy that I haven't really thought, fully explained, um, <laughs> really struck me because what it said to me was that um, one key thing that he said was um, God does amazing things in the quietest places. Like when the chicken's in the fridge, some of us might be in the fridge right now, something's happening um, and God's doing something uh, that very often we don't anticipate. Um, and God just blew us away this weekend, uh, last weekend. Um, it was amazing, yeah. It's really good. Can I ask you one other thing? Maybe. Because um, you particularly spent time alongside Tom, didn't you? And I don't know if you wanted to just share a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I spent quite a lot of time worshipping with a guy called Tom Smith, who leads at Soul Survivor. Um, and it, what struck me was that God's love is the same. Uh, no matter where you are, and when we call out to him, um, no matter what style, what different things you do, um, God's in it, um, and Tom was uh, quite like-minded, um, and he just taught me as well, um, although it sounds daft, whilst worshipping as a worship leader, to be worshipping um, as a Christian. Um, and as daft as that sounds, sometimes we get carried away with the technicalities and forget that God loves us regardless, and we should celebrate that all the time. So, yeah. Thank you. Do you want to pass the microphone to Amy? Um, yeah, so for me, I would say that one of the biggest things that stuck out to me was the 
sharing that everybody did. So YF is kind of known for that, but spiritually as well, that across all age groups, because although we're all teenagers, there are still like groups within groups. Um, and how everyone just connected with each other, no matter how old we are and what friendship groups we belong to. And on the Saturday evening, there was a long time for prayer. And I just really recognized there the spirituality and the connection that we share. Um, and Mike spent a long time encouraging other people to come to the front if they had something that they wanted prayer for. And I just, for me myself, found huge spiritual encouragement in watching other people grow. Um, and seeing other people being prayed for. And for me, what I got most out of the weekend was not so much personal growth, but watching how other people had grown because I'd kind of ignored that for a little while and made it quite a bit about how I was growing with God. And it was just really lovely to see how Mike and Tom as well had encouraged other people to grow in their relationship. And Tom. Tim, sorry. Tom, oh, thanks. Tim. Yeah. Tom Smith, Tim Crooks. Now, in YF, when I first started, I didn't really have many friends. I bought some of my friends from outside. They came. They left. <laughs> and <laughs> Cloverly, for me, was really about the community. I made friends with people who I didn't really think I would be friends with when I started out. For example, people like Jack and Luke. And, but also it came uh, spiritually. I became Christian about a year ago. Well, when I say Christian, I mean full-fledged. <laughs> and Cloverly, in a sense, boosted that. In a sense, I felt God connect with me in a way I'd never really felt it before. Mostly because the, the community around me also felt that as well. And it was just great to be in that area with everyone. Lovely. Thank you. Has anybody else got anything burning they want to share? Thank you. Um, go back to your seats if you'd like. There you go. There are, there are some lovely things happening amongst our young people at the moment. If you want to be particularly encouraged... Then ask Sam what happened to him in school this week at the end of the service because you will not fail to be encouraged by, um, by that. God's really using and working in the lives of our young people and it's very, very exciting indeed. <laughs>